When I was little memorizing this psalm, I didn't know anything about sheep. The only thing I knew about sheep was we might get cast as one in a Christmas pageant. And somehow they were standing by baby Jesus's uh, crib when the little drummer boy was singing, um, I have no gift to bring. But somewhere along the way, I got really uh, curious about the book by Philip Keller, A Shepherd's Look at the 23rd Psalm. And then when you read that book, you're so fascinated that David was such a rich metaphorist. All these uh, allusions to sheep come right out of his experience as being a shepherd. I'll just tell you a little bit about it. You know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. A good shepherd takes the sheep to the best field. He leads me beside the still waters. He makes sure that I drink good water, moving water, clean water. Um, he restores my soul. Sheep are so greedy, they'll just keep eating and eating and eating, and they have more than one stomach. So pretty soon, this gas will build up in their stomach, and literally, they'll fall down. And if a shepherd doesn't pick them up, they'll die. He leads me in the right paths for his name's sake. My, my sheep are my property. This is my, my, my name, my good stuff. So I got to take care of you. That's my wealth. Y'all prepares the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. I'm going to take you up to the high place to eat, even if there are wolves or coyotes around. In the valley of the shadow of death, even there I will fear no evil. It's treacherous out there in the wilderness. Sheep walking around and there's coyotes and there's wolves and the shepherd keeps them well. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Um, sometimes a shepherd is behind um, using a slingshot or a rod and sometimes a shepherd's up front using a staff, but from behind and in front, a good shepherd makes a container for the sheep to be safe. Isn't that amazing? I love that. So David knew a lot about sheep, and now you know some more about sheep, perhaps, than you, than you imagined you would on a day like today. So David was a shepherd boy. He got anointed to be king ahead of his brothers. He became a king. He was um, not a perfect guy. He fell in love with some pretty woman named Bathsheba, watching her take a bath up on top of her roof and um, had an affair with her and then sent her husband Uriah into battle, and Uriah died. David writes Psalm 139, and he writes this Psalm 23, not because he's perfect and has deserved all the good things from God, but because he loves God, and he knows God loves him. He knows a lot about sheep, and he knows a lot about being human, about ups and downs and failures, about living, about making mistakes, about being lusty, about being, about yearning, about being a friend. And he knew, he felt confident that no matter what happened, just like he was for his sheep, God was for him. God was for him, a protector, a waymaker, a provider, someone hemming him in and before, in front and in back, holding him and keeping him safe, even when he made mistakes, even when he fell down, David felt like God was going to pick him up. When I learned the psalm, I didn't know anything about sheep, and frankly, when I learned the psalm, I hadn't lived my life yet. So I didn't know anything about falling in love and breaking up. I didn't know anything about 
surviving a car accident, which I did when I was 22 years old, flipped my car on the sunroof in the Queen Elizabeth Way and walked away from a totaled car and lived to talk about it. When I learned this psalm, I didn't know anything about being a young woman and yearning for love and a career and hoping to make it work out okay and relationships ending and jobs ending and not being sure about the next step. When I learned the psalm, I didn't know that I was going to really feel this call to ministry and finally say yes to it and quit my life and go to seminary. I had not lived my life. I had not yet yearned for a baby and then find out that I couldn't have one. I had not yet suffered the loss of my mother, Emma, who taught me the psalm, who died three years ago after fighting cancer for 10 years. I didn't know the way I would howl like an animal when I was told that she was dead. I didn't know the way the permanence of the loss would feel. <clears throat> Friends, none of us knows how our lives are gonna end. We don't know the path that we're gonna be on. We're out of control about that. And in fact, that we are out of control is why some of us try to create God, create God in such a way that we feel in control. Someone who stop all the things and end all the things and protect us from all the things. And that is not really exactly how God works. Listen to my sermon from last week when I'm talking about where is God. I'm saying God is in the dying space. God is in the living space and God is in the dying space. I know. I worked in an emergency room. I know. I've been a chaplain with people dying. I know when People are giving up their life. God is there. When my mom was giving up her life, when she had fought the fight about cancer and now it was time to, to, to yield into what bodies do, which is they die, she was so alive. She was so funny. She was so straightforward. She was so um, candid. She was so loving. She was so full of God in her dying. So what I'm saying to you, friend, wherever you are, is this virus is scary. This time is frightening. There is nothing great about this kind of fear, except maybe it unleashes us to live. Maybe in the valley of the shadow of death, we get the gift of living our life, fully, fully live our life. Yeah, inside your house, but play some music. Write the song, read the poem, pet your pet, call your friends, write letters, email people that you miss, forgive the one you're still holding a grudge against, take care of your body, take a bath, drink a lot of water, walk outside and smell the fresh air, do the thing you never have time to do because you're so busy living. In the valley of the shadow of death, God can give us a gift. And that gift can be a quality of life. A quality of life that we would never do if it were not for these circumstances. My prayer for you is you will live. 
every moment, every moment, as though it is our last one. Amen.